0: Hallelujah. I'll probably, sir, not teach as long as you teach really? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It is a risk to share your pulpit with someone else. And it is a risk to be the shared pulpit when you've got to go home with the one in charge. <laughs> so we're just going to hope this all works out just according to the plan of God. Amen. <laughs> Are you in agreement with me? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, let's let's just turn to the Lord right now for a moment and believe God for the Word to be exactly as He's planned it to be today. Amen? Father, we are grateful for Your Word. We thank You, Father. It contains life-changing power within it. We thank You and we give You all the praise and the glory, Father, that we have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Father, I thank you that you are transforming us this day, that the anointing and the glory of God in this house makes us different, that we will never be the same when we leave this place today. But we declare out our mouth, we are eternally changed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. God is great. Hallelujah. Yay, Jesus. Let's, let's open the Bible today to, let's go to 1 John. It's where past the kind of the uh, passage of scripture that uh, Pastor Jerry's been using in uh, starting the year out as the year of the overcomer. Hallelujah. You know, God designed you to be an overcomer and never to be overcome. You're to come over, not be under. You're to be the head and not the tail. Amen? So we have some things maybe in our life we need to come over, you know, and a lot of times when we think about that, we think about troubles or trials or things like that, you know, that we've got to overcome, and those are true. That's true. But sometimes there's things in us that we also need to overcome like, Uh, A bad attitude, Um, loneliness, selfishness. So with this being the year of the overcomer, not only do we want to overcome our trouble, but we want to hear God as to those things in our life that we need to conquer. Because we want to be more effective for the kingdom. We want to be more effective whatever we do. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to overcome all these things. So in 1 John chapter 5, starting with verse 4, it says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Next verse. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So let's go back to verse 4. And it says, we are to overcome the world or any spirit, anything, any system, any operations of the world, we are to overcome it. We are to overcome it. And the word to overcome just means to conquer, subdue, put it in its place, to be superior to, or to be victorious over. So anything that can generate out of the world or its system, we are supposed to subdue and conquer. Anything that the world can generate and create, we can overcome. Amen? Amen? So whatever is trying to control us that has worldly origination, we can overcome. We can conquer it. And we have to understand this, that each and every one of us has the potential being an overcomer we have the potential there is no one that was birthed in the earth that on him was the situation of you will always be under we all have the potential of being an overcomer turn to your neighbor and say you have potential Hallelujah. So our goal is to never leave earth without fulfilling our full potential. All right. But it says here, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now, if you weren't here a few weeks ago, um, I recommend you get the recording of it when Pastor Jerry explained how your faith is the means or the way of overcoming. Excellent. Excellent word. Your faith is the means of it. If you haven't been here at this church since its inception, I recommend you get all the teachings that Pastor Jerry ever did. I'm just trying to save my bacon for later. I'm kidding. He knows I believe that. Amen. So the victory that's overcoming the world is our faith. Our faith, which is our conviction, our belief, our assurance. It is our dependence and reliance upon God. So your depending on God is what's going to allow you to overcome the world. Your relying on God is what's going to help you overcome the world. What happens many times is because from birth we were on a journey of becoming independent from our parents. How many of you know when you're 60 years old your parents don't want to have to do some things for you that they did when you were six, okay? So we're on a journey of establishing our own independence. But understand this, spiritual maturity is not measured by independence from God, but dependence on God. So we're looking for a way to become more and more depending on God. Relying on God more and more all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, um, some of you I know have experienced this, but the older and the farther you grow in God, the more you realize you don't know anything. (laughs) The farther you go in God, the more you realize, I can't do anything without him. Okay? And that is the markings of spiritual growth and development. So our overcoming is going to be based on how much do we depend on God. Not just suppose he's present, but literally with the daily routines of life, depending on him as our source of wisdom, instruction, and ability. Amen. Amen. So faith to overcome is available to all people. Our faith is our victory. Our faith is our victory. Our faith is the means and the way that we are going to overcome. We are not going to overcome separate from God. We are going to overcome by throwing it all in to God's basket and saying, Help us, Lord. That's how we're going to overcome. Now... Go to, if you would, to Romans 10, verse number 10. And we just want to look at something here because it it establishes faith. So with the heart one believes. This is depending on God. With the heart you believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we're going to have faith in two places. We're going to have to have faith in our heart, and we're going to have faith coming out our mouth. Because that's the way we're going to get salvation, which the word salvation also includes overcoming. Okay? So we're going to get faith in our heart, meaning relying and depending on God in our heart, and we're going to get relying and depending on God coming out our mouth, and we're going to be overcomers. Amen? Now let's go to 2 Thessalonians 1. It says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. So faith can grow because faith is living. Anything living can grow. Anything living can diminish. And your faith is supposed to grow. It's supposed to be bigger today than it was last week. It's supposed to be mightier today than it was last week. Okay? Faith is to grow. So if you aren't victorious and overcoming in every area of your life, don't be depressed or sad. Just know you've got to grow your faith. All you have to do is grow it. You grow it, then you have the overcoming ability working. So just grow it. Grow your faith. Hallelujah. And when you grow your faith, you're growing into depending on God, not in growing in confidence in my spiritual exercise. Because we can get so confident in what we can do for God that we never become confident on God what God can do for us. We depend on the fact that because I got up and prayed or because I went to church or because of this then God ought to. So the confidence is in what you have done and not in what God could do for you. And the problem with that is is you've limited God on his intervention in your life based on how you can perform. God's intervention in your life is not based on your performance but it's based on his love and mercy for you. Amen. God does things for you, not because you're so wonderful, but because he loves you so much. Amen. All right, so faith is in his ability, not ours. So we're going to go over to Romans 10, verse 17. And it says that this is how we're going to grow our faith. This is how we're going to develop in our faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we are going to rely and depend on God more, it's going to take us hearing the word of God more. If we're going to depend on God more, It's going to take hearing the word of God more. All right? So then um, Young's literal translation says this. So then faith is by a report, and the report is through a saying of God. It's by a report. Meaning the word of God, this word is a report from heaven. And you get faith when you start reading this report. All right? You start depending more on what God can do when you read this report. All right? Hallelujah. So it says faith comes by hearing. Now, by is a preposition, but this word by literally means out of or caused by. So your faith is caused by what you listen to. Your faith comes out of what you listen to. And it works in any area, but for today we're specifically talking about God faith. So your your faith is caused by hearing God's words. Your faith comes out of hearing the word of God. Hearing the word of God. The Word of God is the foundation and basis of all faith. You can't have faith without the Word. You can't have faith without the Word of God. Hallelujah. You think about that with any person in your life. Um, um, If someone tells you they're going to do something, you have two bases of whether or not it's true. Number one, have they ever lied before? Because if they've lied, you kind of take it or leave it. If they say, I'm coming to your house at 8 o'clock, and they've stood you up three times before, when they say, I'm coming to your house at 8 o'clock, you'll think, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Right? Right? The other thing is, is the integrity of the person. If you've come to know that person and know that they mean exactly what they say, when they say something, you you'll know you're not going to be disappointed. Okay? So our faith is because of the Word of God, and we have to understand this, the Word of God has never lied to you. It has never, ever lied to you. And God is a God of character and integrity, and he has never deviated off of what he said. He has never. All right? So we know this, but we have to come to know this. Amen? Knowing this word on the core in the depths of our being, which leads me to the uh, reason I'm standing here today. This week, um, early in the morning, one morning, the Spirit of the Lord woke me. And he said to me this. He said, you've not yet experienced all that my word could do for you. You've not yet experienced all that my word could do for you. So I thought, "Mm, that sounds like something I better get up and pray about. So... In praying about this, the Spirit of the Lord began to speak to me about how imperative the Word of God is to our overcoming. How important the Word of God is to our faith. Okay, no word, no faith. No faith, no victory. No victory, no overcoming. No overcoming, chronic condition. No overcoming, constant problem. And the root of all of it is adjusted by the level of the word you put in your heart. And what happens is we go after the chronic condition or the perpetual problem because it just is supposed to work that way because we agree and affirm a doctrine like that and we know that's what it says, but we haven't built the word in the heart that produces the faith that conquers the situation. Instead, we just keep needling at the problem just touching a little bit here and a touching a little bit there. We need to conquer. We need to conquer. And the only way to conquer is starting with the Word of God. All right. And if we haven't yet experienced all that the Word can do, I want to know what the Word can do. All right. So this is what came out of that. He said to me, Use my Word as heaven's currency. Use my word as heaven's currency. So what is currency? Currency is a means of obtaining. All right? It comes from um, the old, the origination of the word comes from a word that means flowing and running, meaning currency was never to go stagnant. Currency would always move. I bet, you know, most of you, that got a dollar last week and change may or may not have that same dollar. And you may not even know if you did because it's flowing. It's moving. It's moving. It's always flowing. So is the word of God. It's supposed to be flowing and moving in your life. It's coming out. You're using it. It's going out. It's coming in. You're using it. It's flowing out. See, heaven's currency is the word of God. You receive and sow. You receive and give. See, the word of God, revelation comes in, impact goes out. Inspiration comes in, power of God comes out. The word of God is what does that, okay? So use it as heaven's currency. And when you speak that word, it's as if you've ordered what you desired from heaven with the proper currency. So, if I want something that heaven has that is obtainable for me, I put the word of God in my heart, it becomes revelation, I speak it out my mouth, and now I have just placed an order. How many of you, you know, now you don't have to have these, but you guys remember the old catalogs you used to get in the in the mail, some of them were about this thick, right? And you get the toy catalog right around Christmas time and you'd page through it and mark everything you wanted, you know, all those kinds of things. And you'd set it in order what exactly you wanted. And then you would want mom and dad, please place this order. Please place this order. I want to order this. Now we didn't have, you can go on the computer and check your order. We didn't have that. We placed the order and we waited. Right? We placed the order and we waited. Well, if the word of God is heaven's currency, we place the order and then it goes to the clearing house of heaven. It goes where the spirit operates because it's not by bite nor by power, but it's by the Spirit I'm going to get what I've declared, okay? So the Spirit is the distribution center containing and holding all that we could want or desire. And then if we look at Psalms 103, verse 20, let's just stick that one in right here. This is a good time. Bless the Lord who you is angels, who excel in strength, who do His word, heeding the voice of His word, So then the delivery people are the angelic host of heaven to bring it back to me. And this is more of it. Some things that you order take longer to be delivered based on where it comes from and the obstacles it must come through. But regardless... If you use my currency, it will surely come. It will surely come. So what we have to do is get words in our heart, words in our mouth out of this word and send out an order. I am accepted In the beloved, because what am I trying to do? I'm trying to overcome loneliness or barrenness or unfruitfulness. So I have found a word. I have found the currency. I have found the means of exchange to exchange my loneliness for his acceptance. I have found the means of exchange, and it's in the word that says I'm accepted in the beloved. So I declare, I am accepted in the, in the beloved. So now I have ordered it. And the Spirit of the Lord says, yes, that is the will of God for you. So I'm sending out the angelic force according to what you have said. Not what he says, what you have said. And the delivery is on its way. The delivery is on its way. The delivery is on its way. The healing is on its way. The financial breakthrough is on its way. The ministry wisdom is on its way. But because the angels only heed the voice of his word, and I say then, because it's taking more days than I expected, it must not be coming. Then what happens? The delivery service says, we've got to return this to the sender. Because the angels are commissioned. And when you release the currency, you've bought the delivery service. You've paid for the delivery. You remember, shipping is included. <laughs> Handling and shipping is included in this, okay? So you've, you've sent that word out to do something, and the Spirit of the Lord has confirmed it by the word, and is sending it, and the angelic host is bringing it to you. And so in the season that you've made the declaration and you've got the receiving, you cannot alter the order. The order has already begun to come. And if you change what you're declaring, you're trying to change the order. And every time you change the order, they got to take it back. And then you say it again. Okay, okay, okay. Change it again. Okay. Change the order. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. Because this word is the currency of anything that you have need of. Anything you have to overcome. Now, there is a word for every situation in this Bible. There is a word. God gave you a bag of currency and said, Now, take out what you need and get it. And get it. Amen? Hallelujah. The currency is the means by which you will obtain what you desire. So you use the word, which is what you have in your hand, You know, when you try to buy something you don't have the money for, we call that debt. Debt doesn't work for receiving. And sometimes we find ourselves in debt because we're trying to declare something that we don't really have revelation of. But we know it should work. And it's a lot that way because, you know, when you buy something using a credit card, the idea is you're not using your money, you're using Visa's money. And sometimes we try to buy something, not with the word that we've got, but the word we heard somebody else has. Okay, so this is a cash only (laughs) trade. If you want it to work, you have to have money in the account when you go to order it. And the beautiful thing about it is you can put money in your account excessive of what you have need of. And when you put money in the bank in excess of what you have need, then there's always something on top when a need arises. Are you getting the illustration? All right. Hallelujah. So we have to build this supply of the word that we always have currency for whatever situation we have to overcome. Because it's on its way. The angelic host is looking to deliver. Now, this is simple. It's simple. I think that sometimes we've complicated and confused what faith is. And we've made it think that we've got to do this, and we've got to do this, and we've got to do this, and we've got to do this. this. But faith is simply put the word in your heart and declare it out your mouth. It's that simple. You know... um, um, I was thinking about the difference between simple and easy because sometimes things are simple and they're not easy. All right? Um, you know, the Word of God tells us in 2 Corinthians, I think it's is it chapter 2 or chapter 11, chapter 11, where it talks about Satan corrupted the simplicity that was in Christ. So always know this. The enemy works on your mind to complicate things. The enemy is the one that works on your mind to complicate things. God makes things simple. Amen? For instance, here's a simple thing. This is just, this is kind of a rabbit trail. Things can be simple and not easy. If I told you in the morning, please put on your socks, then your pants, and then your shoes. Okay? Put on your socks, get the vision. Then the pants, then the shoes. Okay, so you could say, I don't want to do that, and the reason simple isn't easy for us because the will or the ability is not present. Things can be simple, but if you don't want to, they've become difficult. Things can be simple, but if it's beyond your ability, it's too hard, but it's still simple, and this operation of faith is simple, it's simple. The reason it, it becomes difficult and not easy is because we don't do things according to the simple instruction. Put the word in your heart, speak it out your mouth, receive. That's simple. But we confuse the commands. We try to say it without believing it, and then it's all messed up. All right? For instance, on the socks, pants, shoes dilemma... You can say, I want instead to put my socks on, then my shoes on, and then my pants. Now, it could be done, right? Depending on how big the legs of your pants are, I guess. But it will be difficult. It will be difficult. See, it's the same way. Word in, word out, receive. Well, I wanna put word out before I put word in and then receive. It can be done, but it's a long, grueling process, okay? Because it's got to catch up to the volume going out, okay? So it becomes more difficult, all right? Or you might say, well, I want to put my shoes on first and then my pants and then my socks. And I call that impossible. (laughs) If you want to put your shoes on before your socks, it will not end right for you. (laughs) I want the manifestation before I put the word in my heart. Impossible. Impossible. I want the manifestation without having to put it in my heart or without having to speak it out my mouth. Impossible. This is simple. This is the currency of heaven and it is simple. Okay? Then you could say, well, this one is the most dangerous because you say, well, I want to put the pants on, then the socks, and then the shoes. See, that's achievable and acceptable, but it's not the perfect way. It wasn't the instructed way. It wasn't the way that God ordained because the word inside first was going to maneuver and alter your heart that you could receive better, and instead, you found another way. Oh, that's good. You found another way. I'll just go to the bank and borrow the money instead of having to put debt-free scriptures in my mouth and come out my heart. I come In my heart, come out my mouth. Right? Mm-hmm. right? right. right. <laughs> See, the most dangerous thing to us is because we can find another way to make it work without the word. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We have another method. You know, um, missionaries that serve overseas say the um, most difficult thing for American Christians is because they have so many options to fix things. We have so many options to fix things. You know, and if, if we don't find an option, we want the government to fix it. You understand what I'm saying? And so what we're trying to do is establish kingdom living where the same method of operation works for any situation. Put the word in, speak it out, manifestation. Word in, out, manifestation. I've sent an order. I've got an order out there. I've got an order for divine health. I've got a divine order right now for some financial breakthrough. I've got an order for peace in my mind right now. I've already ordered it, and I'm waiting for the fullness of the arrival of it. Because even when you order, what happens when you order something? The expectation for its arrival begins to come up. And the Word of God says that hope or expectation is necessary for your faith. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. Do we have that scripture, Hebrews eleven three. 3? Did I give you that one? I don't know if I did or not. I may not have. Okay, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. So, praise the Lord. But faith, or Hebrews 11, what? Faith is the substance of things so I've placed an order, so now I'm hoping for it. I use the currency of heaven, place my order, so now I have an expectation of it. So now faith is going to give substance to that. One day I'm going to the mailbox and there it is because I've placed the order. I have expectation of it. Hallelujah. So how does this work? All right. We. Can speak. This is simple. And it's easy as long as we follow the mode of operation. All right? It's easy. How does the word work? Let's go to Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful. See, this currency of God, when you send out an order... Not only does it go to the clearinghouse to collect what's been ordered, but because it's living and powerful, it has the ability to get rid of anything that would hinder its going and its return. It has the ability to cut through anything that would oppose it, all right? It's living and powerful, meaning it's effectual, active, and operating. The word of God is operating, but what you have to ask yourself is what word is operating for me? Well, all of it. See, but then you're not getting a specific breakthrough. You need to place an order. You need to place an order. What do you want? What do you have need of? You need to place the order so you know what word is working for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and um, if you look at that text in Hebrews 4, pastor ministered on this. I don't know if it was on Wednesday or on a Sunday, but the, the whole pass, the passage here is talking about entering into the rest of God. See, when you place your order... You can quit working for what you want. It's coming. Yes. It's coming. And I every time I speak that same order out my mouth, I'm reaffirming that I'm going to take delivery. <laughs> reaffirming I'm going to take delivery. And because of that, this passage of scripture is talking about rest. Well how can you rest? Because it's not you performing. It's not about you receiving. It's not about you doing something. It's about what the Word is doing for you. The Word is doing something for you. It's doing something for you. As soon as you place the order, it changes your emotions. I've got it coming. I'm getting a new bedspread. Glory to God. I don't want a new bedspread. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't either. <laughs> so this word is living and powerful. And as we trust the integrity of this word, faith will come easily for us. If we trust this, if we trust this. Okay, now I want to um, kind of shift here a little bit to bring out the effectiveness of the word. So let's go to First John. Think about what are you going to place an order for? Because you need to find the scripture if you're going to place an order. What are you going to place an order for? Hallelujah. And here in verse 7, it says, there are three that bear witness in heaven, meaning they are agreement, they speak the same thing, they do the same thing. It says the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit these three are one. So the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, these are one. Now we use this scripture um, in mentioning the Godhead, or we our vernacular says the Trinity, but it says these three are one. So we need to understand that the Father, the Word, and the Spirit all are in complete unison, agreement, and oneness. Okay, three distinct persons, but one God. All right. So the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Well, let's go over to John 1 and look at this so we get a, a little maybe deeper understanding. John chapter 1, verse 1, and it says, In the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. In all of these situations, it's referencing logos. This word was in the beginning, and the word was with God. Well, how can it be because history hadn't come yet? No, the spirit of the word was here before it was written into a book. The spirit of the word was here before it was written in a book to mark down historical facts. Have you ever had an idea before you brought it to fruition? The spirit of that idea was there before the idea could manifest. The spirit of this word was present before it was walked out. Okay? And in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now it gives us some understanding. He, the word, was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Okay, so now we see that this is in reference to, if you go over to John 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 114, did I miss that one, Mike? I apologize. Okay, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So who is this Word in reference to? Jesus. Jesus. Okay, so the Word becomes flesh and dwells among us as Jesus. So Jesus is the Word. Okay, now let's go back to to John 1, verse 1, and let's interchange some of this. In the beginning is this word, my currency, the word of God. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Jesus, and without Jesus, nothing was made that was made. In Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. Okay? Now let's go back, and because this Word is Jesus, let's read it the other way now. John 1 again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This Word. The Word was in the beginning with God. All things were, were made through the Word. And without the Word, nothing was made that was made. That's the same today. In the Word is life. And the life that's in the Word is the light of men, or your light. Read on one more. And the light that is from the life in the Word shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it or you could say this comprehend means to overcome okay so think of where we started out this is the victory that's overcome the come the world our faith and if we go through this again starting with verse 2 the word was in the beginning with God the currency of God was in the beginning with God am I going too fast All things were made through the word of God. And without the word of God, nothing can be made. Without the word of God, nothing can be made. Without the word of God, no breakthrough can come. Without the Word of God, no winning can be achieved. Without the Word of God, no creativity can happen. Okay? In the Word is life, it's living. And the life that is in the Word is your light, your revelation, your illumination, your understanding is in the word of God. Without the word of God, you have no revelation. Without the word of God, you have no currency to order anything. Without the word of God, you cannot have any light. And you think about how much the world is trying to do without any light. And there's evidence and proof, it worketh not. This word is light for your path. This word is life for you. And the light that's in you, that's based on the word, shines and darkness can't put it out. The light that's in you from the word of God will shine and darkness can never put it out. You need more light. What you need is more word. You need more life. What you need is more word. Hallelujah. You need to put some orders out there. Amen. All right. So we see Jesus and the word interchanged in this passage of scripture. So... It's easy for us then to understand this. If Jesus would do it when he walked the earth, the word will do it as if he's here. If Jesus did it when he walked the earth, healed the blind, raised the dead, the crippled walk, preached the gospel to the poor, Relieve the afflicted. Set the captive free. And you can read in the Gospels, whatever Jesus would do, this word can do for me. Amen. Whatever Jesus did, this word can do. This word can do. And if, if Jesus walked up to you and you're in a, a tormentive state of your mind and he walks up to you and he says, Peace, I give to you. Everybody say, Jesus did it. It's all done. It's all over with. And we have the same substance and spirit that wants to say, Peace, I leave with you. See, for some reason, we've separated Jesus and the word so apart that we don't see the effectiveness of the word today. Because the word will be as effective for you as if you were walking with Jesus on the shores. Hallelujah. That's how effective this word can be. That's how masterfully he can handle any situation. We have to understand that in Hebrews 11, we see the great hall of faith, those people were just like you and I. They were just like you and I. They didn't become heroes until they did something. They weren't heroes of faith until after the ark was built. He was a laughed at during the ark building. Do you understand what I mean? Daniel wasn't a hero until after he came through the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were just smart guys until they came through the fire. Then they changed a whole nation. When they overcame, it changed everything. It's time for the church to start overcoming and changing everything. Hallelujah. It's time for us to overcome. We're the overcomers. And all of these people, the reason they could overcome was because They walked with God. They communed. They talked with God. They put out the order, and they followed the order. They put out the order, and they followed the order. That's all they are. They're no different than you and I. Hallelujah. Some of them committed some bad sin. Do you understand what I mean? Big things. Murder, adultery, fornication, you know, robbery. You can, yeah, they did it. But yet they're recorded as great men and women of God because they just believed and depended on God. Amen. Hallelujah. So his word will do for us anything that Jesus would have done. All right. Hallelujah. Now I want to look at something here just um, quickly. Luke 1 verse... I can't read my writing. I don't think that's right. So let's go to Matthew 1. Oh, no, maybe it's right. Luke 1, 35, you have up there. And the angel answered and said to her, this is Mary. Mary, getting her commission. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, we know this, this passage just because we came through Christmas recently, right? And so this is when the Spirit of God is telling Mary how she's going to conceive and give birth to Jesus. And it says here, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, all right? So let's go to Matthew 1. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Jesus, before they came together, she was found with child, of the Holy Spirit, okay? Of the Holy Spirit. Did I do something wrong? You said Jesus instead of Joseph? Oh, I'm sorry. After his mother, Mary was betrothed to Joseph. <laughs> before they came together, she was found with child, the Holy Spirit. Everyone needs children in their house to fix <laughs> them. <stuff. laughs> Thank you, Caleb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before, so the bottom line is this. She's found with child of the Holy Spirit, all right? The Holy Spirit breathed on Mary, and she's found with child of the Holy Spirit. So we can say this. Jesus came out of the Holy Spirit, right? right? He was born and birth of the Holy Spirit, all right? So let's go to John chapter, no, 2 Timothy 3. You can do that one. I'm skipping around a little bit. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So Jesus was born of the Spirit, but all Scripture, which we know Scripture to be this Bible, this Word of God, is given by inspiration of God. And that literally means the breath of God, the Spirit of God. So all Scripture is given by the Spirit of God. All right, so let's go to the one in Peter, Second Peter 1. For this reason, I'll not be negligent to remind you always. That's not the right one. I want First Peter, don't I? Does anybody know what I want? Come on, let's all pray. Um, Twenty-one. For, I want First Second Peter one. 21. Huh. That was my typo. All right. And it says, oh, I guess I should have held it and read it to you then, shouldn't have I? Okay, forgive me. Is it up there? For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke, and it's talking in context about the writings of the prophets, as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. This Word, just as Jesus was born of the Spirit, this Word was born of the same Spirit. This Word is born of the same Spirit as Jesus. So there we have another witness that whatever Jesus would do is also what the Word of God can do. Amen? If Jesus could do it, the Word can do it. If Jesus would have done it, the Word will do it. If Jesus can perform it, the Word can perform it. Amen? All right, so now let's look at a couple more and let's see if I got these right. John 3, verse 5. John 3, verse 5. Most, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Who is he talking about here? He's talking about other people. He's talking about other people. So go back to verse 5. He's talking and says, you, us people, need to be, one is born of water and the Spirit. So now he's saying that Jesus was born of the Spirit. The Word was born of the Spirit. But now he's saying, and you also are born of that same Spirit. Go to John Chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, but we're born of God. So he's trying to point out to us that now the Spirit was, I mean, the Word was born out of the Spirit. Jesus was born out of the Spirit. And if you're born again, you're born out of the Spirit. And so we need to understand because all three of us have the same origination, we all three have the same potential of power. So, the word was born of the spirit. I take it in, I declare it out. I've been born of the spirit. So, now I just magnify and add to the power of that word because of the spirit of God that lives in me. It now has greater impact. And the angels of God who are commissioned by the spirit go and perform it. So this word has double impact because you're born of the same spirit that it was born in. (laughs) Hallelujah. Double impact. Double impact. This word has double impact because it's born of the same thing that you're born of. Amen. And so as we go in this, as we'll honor this word... We're honoring Jesus and honoring what God can do. If we dishonor this word, we dishonor Jesus and we don't receive what God can do. So it's very simple. Spend enough time in this word to place a delivery order. Find something in this word. This is your life. This is your light. And you can find out. You can find out where you're at in your faith because it's going to take faith to overcome. And this is the way you find out. You make a declaration that says, I will be, and then you, 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 put, um, you put your promise in there of what God said and put a time element on it. I will be debt-free by the end of this year. Or I will be off this medication next month. I will be and make a declaration. okay? So you make the declaration. I will be debt three debt free by December 31st, 2018. and then you stop and you listen. And on the inside of you it might be going, yeah, in your head and your heart's going. Your face not there yet. So then you go back to the word. And it says, I am the lender and not the borrower. I am the lender. I just soak in that right now. I am the lender and the borrower. Come back over here. I will be debt free by December 31st, 2018. I am called to owe no man nothing but to love them. I am the lender and not the borrower. (laughs) I will be debt-free by December 31st, 2018. Yes, you will. I got it. (laughs) You see how it works? It's that simple. You get the word, put it in your heart, make a declaration out of your mouth, check, is it working? It's not working enough? Go back to the word. Make another declaration. Is it working? Go back to the Word. Is it working now? Do you understand what I'm saying? Just check yourself. Police yourself. Watch yourself. You'll know in your heart, instead of trying to fool everybody how great and mighty you are, just watch it on the inside. Because it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks because when you get manifestation, they'll just say, oh, they got it. They got it. See, the mind needs repetition in order to be renewed in belief. The mind, and sometimes you can agree with it here, but you gotta listen down here, the center and the core of your being, because down there is where you find out if expectations at work or not. Amen. So, it's simple to overcome. You put the word in. Get it working to where it affects your expectation. Declare it out your mouth, and your delivery is on its way. Hallelujah. Did you get something today? (laughs) Jerry, do you have something? Okay. Praise the Lord. So, with the heart you believe. So you have to check, is your heart believing? Because what happens is our head can say yes. But our heart misses it. And then what's happened is we're wishing and we're thinking we're in faith. And wishing never is faith. Wishing is empty hope. And God hope is full of faith. Because the expectation of I will take delivery, not just wanting something to change. Amen? And we're called to overcome by faith. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for this word and this day. I thank you that we all have full potential of overcoming anything that this system of the world has handed to us, that we can overcome guilt and shame We can overcome loneliness, infirmity. We can overcome lack, hallelujah. We can overcome hostility and anger. We can overcome dishonesty, Father. We can overcome anything that we have picked up in this system of the world. So Father, I thank you that you've made it simple for us. And today we commit that we are gonna take in more of the word of God, that it is our life, and it is our light, cause us to fall in love with the Word of God. And I thank you for this, people, that our faith grows exceedingly. And I give you praise and thanksgiving that this Word is protected today, that the enemy will not be able to steal and take it out of the heart. I plead the blood of Jesus over it, that it continues to work on our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name. You agree with that? Say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.